Hello, is anyone here? No, right? Ugh. Hi everyone, we're just waiting for uh, Chris to show up, so it should be any second now. He's installing. Anyone want to talk until Chris gets here? Jimmy, I see you on Twitter. It's okay. We'll wait for him then. Okay, for those who've joined uh, late, we're still waiting for Mr. Chris Nicholson. He needs to install the app. And here is Chris. Chris Nicholson, can you press your your, your mute? Right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Uh, yeah, you should. You think it was a good idea to wait till the moment the show started to install the app? Yeah, sorry about that. It took a little longer than I thought. Yeah, it's okay. So we've got a we've got a small crowd. Usually the crowds are a little bigger, but you know we're we're in. A, we like the, we're we, this is a passion project for us. We both really like the show. Um, are are you? Uh, is there a way you can uh, get rid of sort of background noise? Are you outside or something? Um, no, I'm not outside. The laptop's just making that noise. Oh, it's a laptop. Why don't you use your phone? It might be better. Okay, yeah, I could try my phone. We should at least wouldn't give you that. Okay, I've got to put it on my phone. Okay, let me see it. Chris? Hey. Hey, Chris. Yeah, that is much better. All right, great. Okay, so so what do you think about the show this week? Uh, you know, some people thought it was a slow episode, but I thought it was pretty good. I mean, we, we caught up with Lalo, and the ending was uh, pretty interesting, pretty exciting. Yeah. What do you make of that? What was that thing that he stole? Like, it was like a pencil case? What was that? Do you, do you understand what's going on here? Uh, what it was, it was a kind of a gift to uh, Werner from his uh, workers, right? I, I guess that was like the level that he used. And uh, they got it like encased and sent it in to the funeral as a gift. And the letter was what? What was the letter for? The The letter? Yeah, you said they got some. Well, what did they put in case? What did they get encased? It was what kind of letter? No, no, it, it was a level, like a, a ruler, I, I think. Oh, because he's a. I see. Oh, I like the. You know, the, like I like the manufacture. Do you like the manufacturing stuff? The show is like Breaking Bad had a little bit of this too. It's like how things are made, right? You ever seen that? Yeah. How it's yeah, made. Yeah, it, it really takes called. its time. It takes its time with that stuff. It kind of reminded me of the scene in Breaking Bad where they show Jesse making his uh, his box. His bo- box? What kind of box? Uh, when he was in like high school, they they take a scene towards the end where they they do a flashback and they show Jesse pain painstakingly handcrafting this wooden box. Huh. So Jesse was a craftsman even at a young age. I don't remember that. Yep. And uh, so yeah, we caught up with Lalo. Um, well, like, is it, it's, you know, he's, I mean, it's so, it was so funny. He became like this, uh, he became like this preppy, like American businessman, uh, in Germany. Um, uh, how did he know? Do you know, like, do we know that? How does, how did he know about the, what's the guy's name? Werner? How did he know about his wife? Um, let's see. How did he know about the wife? How did he know uh, about Germany and all that? So- so I, I think that basically he knew that he started with the name Werner Ziegler. And I think that he just found every Werner Ziegler in, in Germany. and like. No, but how, where did he get the name Werner Ziegler? Well, I, I miss, I forget. Well, how, did we see this? Uh, so this, this was a season or two ago. Uh, uh-huh. This is where he was investigating. And I don't remember exactly how he got the name. Uh, I, I remember him calling him up. Werner was hiding out at this like hotel playing hooky from work and uh uh-huh. and Lalo calls him up and finds out more details. But how did he get the name Werner Ziegler to begin with? I don't know. It, did it have something to do with all that travel wire stuff? Is that how he found the name? Yeah, I f- I forget. I I went back and I watched the first 3 seasons, so I I didn't get yet to rewatch uh that. But okay, so we we just know that he knows his uh he knows his name. And so he just went around looking, 
like uh, sort of seduce. His plan was to seduce his wife. And why is he doing all like so? He's doing all this because why exactly? He needs proof. Like okay, so last time didn't isn't last time we saw him? We say you know I'm going to go get proof, and then he starts waltzing back into Mexico, um, and so he's going to get proof uh that uh that i guess that the it was gus who sent all those people to kill to kill him and his friends right but like why why, what's the connection why is how does that prove that um well i think that he's just looking for proof that gus is doing stuff that the cartel doesn't want that that gus Uh is working against our cartel basically and so he's trying to get to the lab uh nacho was going to be his proof that Gus was working against the cartel, but Nacho's dead now. So he's uh-huh. going after uh, proving to the cartel that, that Gus is building something that he shouldn't be. I see. So that's, that's gonna, uh, so the cartel, the cartel, if he could prove, so he can't prove, um, he can't, he's given, has he given up on proving that Gus, uh, uh sent all those guys to kill the cartel? Um, well, I mean, it's hard hard to know how he could prove that now. Like, literally everybody, almost everybody involved is dead except for Gus and Mike. So he's just going back to, to what he knows, which is that Gus is making something. Yeah, he's doing something that's against the cartel. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, the, uh, yeah, so uh, one thing that struck me about this, well, first of all, did you, did you find this believable? His, like, transformation into, like, a... Uh, into an American, a tra- an internationally traveling American businessman. Oh, I mean, it's at least as believable as some of the things that Lalo does. You know, Lalo's known to be kind of a Superman in, in the show. Yeah, you know, he's even got like superhuman strength and agility. Yeah, he, he can jump up, jump up like ten feet into the air and <laughs> into the, uh, an air duct. Yeah, and who and who else is a Superman? Uh, uh, Walt White, Walter White was obviously Superman, but uh, uh, like Mike, I, Mike. You know, I've always found Mike unbelievable. Like uh, he's just so old, right? right. Like he's just so old, and he's like so smart and like so ahead of everyone, and like so physically, like you know, uh, capable. And then like you know, he like uh, you remember? I, I maybe remember that scene early in the. Show. Uh, like first in the first season where he like this guy pulls a gun on him like anyway, people can just pull guns on him and he just like with his bare hands just like disarms them right right um, he, he's so old and savvy <laughs> so old and savvy and he can tell everyone who's lying and who's not it's like very like he's got like esp uh and he's um, old but he's still got it <laughs> but he's that old and he was a corrupt cop right he met, uh, admitted like why is he so poor when he's old he's like old he's a corrupt cop and he lived this long why is why doesn't he have enough money like he's doing this crime stuff for the money well he, he knows crime but i mean we, we're never told that mike is you know a, a good manager of money <laughs> he's just spent it all on uh, and just, i don't know yeah. he, he doesn't get a pension does he he like left he quit his job uh on bad terms or something Quit his job as a cop. Did he really? Because he killed those two. Oh, because he, he killed those two other cops, right? Yeah, yeah. You probably don't get a pension after that. <laughs> no, they didn't know. He just had to. He just had to run away, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, he. Oh, that's right. He didn't get a pension, and so he's gotten. He was relying on his pension. Okay, he's a bad manager for money. He doesn't seem to have vices, though. What do you think he spent all his money on? He doesn't have a family. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think we've got any any reason to know. Maybe Mike, maybe Mike, you know, gambles on horse racing in his spare time. <laughs> it could be it's a baseball. He's always listening to baseball on the radio. Right, right. That that that's the the hidden backstory. Yeah, that's why he's so bored. He has to. He has to do all this stuff. Okay. You know, he, he dotes on his. He dotes. You know, here, here's one answer. Here's like a plausible in-universe answer. Maybe he's using what savings he has to support uh, support his his granddaughter and her mom. No, obviously that's what he's doing. Like, yeah, he's uh, she's so she's like a nurse. She's you know, and, and he's yeah, he's doing it all for that, right? But I I'm still wondering like because the mom also has a job, so I'm still seems like still there. You know, there's all there's a lot of money that should be uh, that should have gone somewhere, but uh, who knows? Um, yeah. 
You're right. So I do. Yes. Yeah. So the first episode, like he's, oh, and Jimmy too is a little bit like this. Is like, he's so like, he's so smart and like, you know, slick. Um, but that one makes more sense to me because like, he just wants, he like does these complicated, like coin tricks and like bars, like to make like 200 bucks. I mean, it's really funny. It's really funny. Like how complicated, like, especially the flat, like how complicated some of his tricks are and like how little like the payoff is. Um, yeah. But that, but that it's like, the, the, I think the idea is he's just like, he likes, he's into that. Like he, he wants to, he like would, he would take a dishonest buck over like an honest buck, I think. Yeah. You know, he will even mentions this to him. Like, uh, it was like one episode ago, I think he was like, Hey, can I ask you a personal question? You make good money as a lawyer, right? Why are you doing all this? And, you know, Saul doesn't have a great answer. Yeah, or he, he even justifies it. He doesn't he say something like this is going to help a lot of people. So like he has like when yeah. he has to like reflect on like how stupid he's being, uh, he has to like have some better justification for it. Uh, so yeah, so you think Lalo? Do you think Lalo is gonna? Um, do you think uh, so? How many more episodes are left? Do you know? Uh, I think there's like thirteen episodes total. Okay, so I was watching the end of the show, and it's like next week you're one one episode left until the mid season finale. So there's going to be a break. Apparently, there's going to be a mid season finale. Um, so that that'll be like seven episodes. So I guess maybe we'll get six or whatever uh, after a short break. Um, do you think it, is the show going to go into the post Breaking Bad period? Is that where we're building up to? You mean? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I would imagine that we're going to see something juicier about what's going on with Gene uh, toward the end. Like, it, I feel like it's going to progress things into yeah. the future of the show. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna go to the future. And you think you think Lalo Lalo could? So you know, at the beginning, we thought we saw Jimmy in the Cinnabon, and we think it's going to be, um, you know, he's running from the cops. He's afraid of the cops all the time. But he also looks like it might be Lalo could, you know, bleed into that too. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 for all we know, Lalo could just pop up in in the future, still alive, uh, and 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 talking to Saul as Gene. It could happen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's where we're I think that's where we're uh, we're headed. Um, now, yeah, now, Gus. So, I will say that uh, from from some of Gus's dialogue in Breaking Bad, uh, we at least know that Gus believes that Lalo is dead by the time of Breaking Bad. Because wait uh, a minute, what? How, how, so Lalo is in Breaking. Lalo is mentioned in Breaking Bad. Well, th- there's a time when Gus says to Hector that all the Salamancas except for Hector are dead now. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, okay. I I remember that. He goes, your entire family is dead right before that's before Hector blows him up. Right. Uh, yeah, I think so. Or is it, uh, but it yeah, might not be he, right then, but it, it, it's sometime after, uh, one, one, there's Hector has, let's see a son. Maybe I think Hector maybe has a son, uh, that's, that's killed sometime they, after I, that. Is is Lalo uh, is Lalo officially a? I mean, is his last name Salamanca? Is he officially a Salamanca? Or is everyone is Salamanca mean cartel? Yeah, yeah, he, he's a Salamanca. Okay, his last name is Salamanca. Yeah, and what's a, what's his relationship to Hector? That they they are relatives. Uh, you know, just just like uh, Hector's his uncle. Hector's, Hector's the uncle, uncle to Hector. the twins to Lalo and to Tuco. Okay, so Hector is the uncle. Okay, and Hector has a son. Who's in? Uh, who's in? We never see. You say, except maybe in Breaking Bad. Uh, uh, he and then, he oh, shows up in, in Breaking Bad. Uh, He's just got a minor role, and then he does. Uh, so Hector's uncle to all these people. So Tuco is Tuco is Tuco from? Uh, is, is he brothers with the two twins or no? Um, no, I, I think that they're, they're all cousins except for the twins. Okay, they all are cousins. Okay, so that's yeah. Okay, so they're all cousins except for the, except for the twins. Uh, Okay, and he says they're all dead. Now he could just be teasing him, right? He's torturing Hector, right? Hmm. Could he be. doesn't have? Yeah, he doesn't have to say that. Uh, Hector is uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, Hector is. Um, uh, so at this point in the show, he is handicapped. He's a, he's a, he's just at the um, he's just at the uh, at the retirement home. Um, okay. 
so do, uh, okay, so that's that's clarifying. Do you um, you know, do you think do you think that uh, uh, so do you, so the other interesting thing I thought about this episode was the um, was Howard and I, I you know the way I'm thinking about Howard and Jimmy's rivalry, I used to think. And I still think this, but I'm not. I'm wondering if they go in another direction. So I, th- I think um, what I thought what they were going to do was like Howard is just there as a foil to lose to Jimmy. Like Howard is not going to be. Um, uh, he's not going to like be very important in the end, right? Jimmy just needs someone to screw over for like uh, for this story uh, for his character development, right? Yeah. Um. And I thought, you know, that let's see, that's probably that's maybe or probably still the uh, direction they're going to go. Um, but you know, you see Howard have this sort of realization, and maybe he's undergoing an arc himself, and maybe he'll be more important. Maybe somehow he'll come out of this. Not, you know, uh, you know, he could still be there in the Prospering Bad Universe too. He could be helping prosecute Jimmy. Who knows? He could still be there, or he could just, you know, fall and like you know, just have his career ruined and have his life ruined by Jimmy. And, you know, he's not that important a character in the end. Uh, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on that from what we saw this week? Well, yeah, I, you know, I think this week actually gave us kind of a pretty significant development, which is that uh, in the middle of the episode, Howard assigns a PI to, to follow Jimmy around. Yeah. And separately, we know that Mike has, has his own guys following Jimmy around. So yeah. it seems like that's going to go somewhere. And this creates an opening for these two worlds to kind of collide and, and the violent side of Jimmy's life to, to start intersecting with Howard's life. Ah, oh, I see. So the, the Mike guys who are Mike guys are watching because they want to, they want to find Lalo. Basically they're working for God. They're working for Gus. Uh, and then uh, Howard wants to show the, uh, wants to find out that um, Jimmy is like screwing over Howard. Uh, how do you yeah, how do you yeah. foresee them potentially in those worlds interacting? Well, you know, the, there are many ways it could happen, but uh, I, I just think that maybe okay. Uh, let, let me just like speculate here. You know, m- maybe maybe Howard's PI uh, f- follows Jimmy around, uh, and in in the course of it all, maybe maybe Lalo pops up or somebody connected to him pops up. Uh, I'm just, I don't know how exactly it would happen, but I'm imagining Howard basically getting called in by his PI and, and then getting caught up in some drug trade cartel stuff. Uh huh. So he's, uh, so he's getting called in and he's seeing the, uh, uh, the, he's like, so he's like, he gets the, so he can go to like a prosecutor or something. Cause we see, I hate, you know, I don't, I try not to watch the like previews at the end of the show because I don't, I don't like, uh, I knew that boxing scene was coming because I'd seen the preview, like where, uh, like, I don't want the pre, I don't want the preview to, to like yeah, give anything away. Yeah. So I watched it. I guess I won't mention then what I, what I saw in the preview. Did you see the preview for the, the end of this show? Nope. I never watched the previews. Okay. Then, then I won't, uh, then I won't, then I won't mention it. Um, you know, I was, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Howard could be, you know, he's like, he takes the rest of the week off. I mean, that's like, that's an interesting thing. So he's like, he's always, uh, you know, we're getting the idea that he's always fighting Jimmy or he's not even fighting Jimmy. He's like trying to ignore Jimmy and live his life. But like, you know, he's like doing everything like while like having a day job. And then he does this thing where he goes, you know, take the rest of the week off. So he's like thinking through what to do. Um, and, you know, he's like going to devote, I guess that's a, you know, that's a signal he's going to take some serious time to like figure out, it's, you know, maybe there's more than just hiring a PI and having him follow Jimmy. Uh, you know, maybe there's uh, something else. Um, there's got to be. Yeah. What he's done so far doesn't take a week. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's he could have he could have figured it out. It's funny when they were watching him and like he they thought he was like on coke. That was funny. Like in the main, how stupid is that main guy? We're like you, the cliff. Uh, where they're like talking, and then he's like, "Who did you have like lunch with?" And he's like, "Kim Wexler." And he's like, "What does that have to do?" Like, how stupid is that guy? Like, isn't it? Wasn't it like should he have been able to put two and two together? Well, I mean, I, I he guess knows Jimmy. You no, know, he, he's, right? he's, he's trusting his senses. He, he's trusting. You know, he's trusting his eyes like it looks like Howard. It was definitely Howard's car, all that stuff, you know. And, and plus, he has he has a background of experience with drug addicts. So he Cliff just 
finds it plausible that if a guy has a little baggie of coke, then then maybe he's on coke. <laughs> if, he's, if he's throwing prostitutes out of his car, but he also has experience with Jimmy, right? He presumably, uh, well, does he know? He does he know the worst stuff about Jimmy? Maybe not. He, all he had was yeah. when Jimmy worked there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember Cliff knowing anything about you know the real sleazy side of Jimmy. Just that he's generally unreliable. Yeah, he's unreliable, but he's all—he's more than unreliable. He like, you know, he 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 forced them into firing him, right? He like screwed them over. Yeah. Uh, and Plus, so like, Cliff has a really high opinion of Kenton. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a he's a simp. He's an old man <laughs> who's taken too much of an interest in a uh, in a younger woman. And this is <laughs> this I think is this, this I think is leading him astray. Not that he's intending to do anything. It's just like you know, he, he's too he's too friendly to, and too trusting towards her. Yeah, you see, when, she couldn't believe like how quickly he jumped on that uh, uh, on that like public service thing. What do yeah. you think about Kim? What, what do you think about Kim's like public service stuff? Because she's like really like you know, I was going back watching earlier episodes and like like we talked about before, it, it, it was much less that she was being corrupted as time went on. She was bad from the start. I mean, her her role in uh, uh, you know she knew about the Mesa Verde stuff. Um, so like, you know, so she's, um, you know, she was, a, you know, I think she was a pretty bad character from the start and she is, um, but at the same time, like all she wants to do is help people. Right. Well, Jimmy, like his dream life would be just like scamming, you know, scamming people at, uh, and like hotel bars. Uh, what, what do you make of her? What do you make of her like interest in a public, uh, in like public service? Well, you know, it, it's. There's something sincere about it. Uh, yeah. Kim, this is one of the complicated things about her, because in spite of all the bad stuff, uh, in some ways, like part of Kim is, is supposed to be the perfect lawyer. Uh, that's how she's viewed by all the other lawyers in the show. Uh, and uh-huh. You and I talked about this briefly last week. Uh, there was that small scene a couple episodes ago where Kim tells the prosecutor about this misdemeanor in another state that her client had. And, and the prosecutor's like, we were never going to find that on our own. What, what, why do you yeah. tell me this? And Kim's like, why wouldn't I? It's my job. We're in discovery. And, you know, that, that's, that, that kind of small detail is supposed to show you that Kim is a great lawyer in some ways. You know, she does things like remember that her, her, her primary obligation is to the court even before the client, uh, which is something that Jimmy never understands. Yeah, of course he never he never does. But yeah, so because how does that fit with all the other stuff that she does? Yeah, I think she's just got two sides to her. Uh, one one big part of her is the perfect lawyer. She she doesn't even have to be told that that it's her duty to turn over this kind of information and discovery. Uh, she she wants to fight. She wants to take the pro bono cases and fight for the little guy. And this other side of her just has, you know, th- this kind of God complex. She, she likes to manipulate people. Hmm. I think you are being very, um, I think you're being friendly to her on her good side. Um, I think that there's another way to interpret uh, this. There's another way to interpret the scene uh, where she uh, tell where she volunteers that information about the misdemeanor. I mean, whose interest, whose interests are hurt by, uh, by that? I mean, who, who is, uh, if she can, if she conceals that, who does that help? It helps the client. How, what, what is, what is, what happens to Kim when she does? Well, Kim gets to, uh, she gets to, she's thought high, more highly of, right? She's seen as like someone who has more integrity. So that's not even putting, that's not putting the client first. That's putting the court first, which is maybe that, and you can interpret that as, um, you know, that's like a, that's a positive trait. That's like a saint like quality that she has. I think it's uh, true to some extent. I mean, the one, the stuff she used to push back on Jimmy on, on the most was stuff like lying to court and fabricating evidence. Those were like the biggest deal for her. So maybe that's partly true. Uh, at least once I can remember. Uh, so at least, um, you know, so, you know, that could be, that could be part of it, but it's also like, you know, she doesn't have a, um, uh, she has, you know, the, you know, to be like a person like that, to, to give her, to act like you're putting the interests of the court or the legal system first, a lawyer's lawyer is a good way to build goodwill 
and have a better reputation within your own, uh, you know, within the own, your own community, right? So you can see that as sort of a uh, as a thing that could be real, but could be in part self interested. It's possible, you know. Uh, I, I guess it's a matter for interpretation. You know, when I was watching the scene, uh, the when the prosecutor asked her, like, "Why do you, why do you show this to me?" Uh, and, and Kim seemed a little surprised, like, "Why wouldn't I?" I guess the question is whether you think that was an act or not. Uh, wow! Yeah, I, I guess well, I have my I think my ability not to know when Kim's acting in the show. I guess no, Kim is Kim is self deception, right? It, it's it's uh it's uh you know I think the there's a certain some women are very very good at this. Um, where she is like basically you know some men too, but and Jimmy's and Jimmy's good at this too. Obviously, a lot of these characters are, uh, but Kim especially she is. You know, it's it, people do things for their own selfish reasons, uh, and then they have a story that makes it, and they come to believe that story, right? But the true motivation, it's like, it, yeah, well, we're, we're, this is hard. This is why interpreting is hard because, like, what I'm saying is it's self deception. So people from the outside are going to have trouble, um, you know, seeing what's real and what's not if people, you know, themselves can't see this, right? Um, but you know, it is. It, we, we, I guess we could look at the totality of the evidence and say, like, is this does this make sense with uh, Kim's character, right? Um, because the you know the you know so the idea that she's like, yeah. So I guess I guess one way to ask it is like, how consistent would your story be uh, that she just likes the court with like you know she's just like uh, she just has a higher idea of a you know higher calling to justice. I guess it does make sense. I guess it's not crazy. Um, she does, um, you know, the, 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 the representing the, uh, the poor people, you know, the people who can't afford their own lawyers, uh, that's consistent with that. Um, but you know, that's clearly not her. And, oh, and she, and, and the other thing is she does try to get Jimmy, she does try to convince him to, um, to help out with Lalo. You, you remember that? To help out. Well, yeah, yeah. So like, this was like a few episodes ago, right? She was like, yeah. uh. Uh, so she never, she almost never pushes back on Jimmy to like do the right thing. Like almost never. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard. To, it's hard to think like, especially in later seasons. Uh, and then this time she is like telling him to help the court. And again, this is also consistent with like, he's tanking her reputation um, to a great, to a great extent. So that's also consistent with her, uh, uh, you know, with her reputation, you know, with her looking out for herself. Um but I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think this be us being lawyers, I think is, you know, uh, not lawyers. We neither of us are well, lawyers. Yes, we're not quite lawyers. <laughs> we never were lawyers. We went to law school, uh, and we, you know, I guess we interacted with people who became lawyers and, uh, I guess that's, that's close. And we know what the, we know something about the law. Uh, but, um, you know, the, you do see this. You do see people are socialized to like accept the norms of their field. So I think a lot of lawyers, like, are the kind of people who might like, you know, like, you know, they they could even they could be dishonest or like uh, somehow um, you know engage in criminal activity outside of their field, but like they would never fabricate evidence to a court or lie to a court uh, just because they're sort of socialized uh, to to not to do that, right? Um, yeah, it, it's it's like you know, it's part of the definition of being a lawyer uh, to some people that you don't do those things. Yeah, so you have a self conception. So, like the lawyer has a code, just like the criminal has a code, right? So we talked about the criminals and their code, and it's not like always consistent from like the broader society, right? The, the society as a whole, right? That you always advocate for your client, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you always tell the truth to the court, even if the court's going to be like unjust or something bad is going to, the consequence is going to ha- uh, be bad. Um, but you know, you don't cross some lines, and this is like, and that could be good for the field. That could be like, that could be um, natural within the field, and maybe it has some good things, but maybe it has bad things from like the perspective of society as a whole, right? Yeah, and, you know, yeah, go on. Yeah, and I was just gonna say, yeah, and the criminals, like I said, is sort of uh, they, it's sort of you could say the same thing about that. Yeah, uh, the lawyers definitely do have a code. In, in fact, uh, after the last time we talked, I, I was going back and, and looking it up. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was doing some research on what a lawyer was supposed to supposed to do, what a lawyer's responsibilities were, and I came across one of the original oaths that lawyers were supposed to swear. Uh, this is 800 years ago, oath created by uh-huh. Frederick II, 
And uh, the oath, the original oath, oath that these lawyers were supposed to swear, it went something like, I swear to, to say no false thing. I swear to defend my client to the best of my ability. And if in the course of the suit, I should learn that my client's cause is unjust, I swear to abandon them. And if I violate okay, that's not, that's, any matter great or small, not, let my name yeah. live in perpetuity. That's not the so, American uh, system now. Well, you know, I, I think we've inherited much of that. Uh, and uh-huh. it's kind of echoed in the way that Kim doesn't think twice, according to me, when she gives up information that works against your client's interest. It's part of that old tradition. Yeah. Right. And the, yeah, the, yeah, the American, I mean, is an American lawyer supposed to, you're not supposed to, if your client, even if your client is guilty, you're supposed to, wait, wait, so I don't know. So maybe, maybe I should have been, maybe because I probably knew this at one point, but I forgot. If you know your client is guilty, um, I know lawyers are not supposed to lie to the court, right? Yeah, definitely. You're not supposed, but like, if you know your client is guilty and you're, you're saying he's not guilty, isn't that the, isn't that the, isn't that uh, clearly lying? You know, not necessarily. Uh, you, you, you could, for instance, you could believe or even know that, you're, that your client is guilty. But the question is one about proof. You could think that there's no proof beyond a reasonable doubt that your client is guilty. Uh-huh. So you put someone on the witness stand, you put like, a, you know, you, you examine somebody and you poke holes in their argument and you never say, Right, but when you do like defense closing arguments, right? Like when you see the you know court shows, they do that. Like you're 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 lying if you if you know your client is guilty and you're doing that and you're making the case that they're innocent, you know, or you're I guess you're you're never saying they're innocent. I guess they is that is that the secret? They never say they're innocent. They just say like here's a hole in the prosecution's case. Here's another hole. You know, are you are you to suspect this? Is is, is that is that how they finesse this? You know, I'm not an expert on this, but I, I think that the way you generally frame things is by saying that your client hasn't been proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But that often bleeds into he's innocent. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen lawyers do defense closing statements about like how their you know client is really just an innocent man sitting at home and you know, it, it, it does not believable, but any, anyway, right. so yeah, that's yeah, the, and the I lead. would think again, I'm speculating on this, but I, I would think that for some lawyers, at least, they they kind of maybe don't try don't try their hardest to find out whether their client is actually guilty or innocent. Yeah, they're just concerned from the beginning with the question of what can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's right. Um, so what you say about the lawyers and the socialization that brings me back to uh, to Chuck and the reasons he was so resentful of Jimmy becoming a lawyer. So yeah, so Jimmy is. Unsocial, unsocializable, right? So, like, Kim has the side to her, but she can, she's like, she has enough, she's, you know, cognitively normal enough where, like, she adopts, she goes to law school and she adopts, like, the norms of her field. While Jimmy mm-hmm. is like, you know, his code, his code cannot be a lawyer code because he's already got the crooks code, right? So yeah. he's going into he's going into the socialization where he's already got a code. And, you know, the, co- the, the other code is not overriding the old code. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, uh, you know, it's like sort of like, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but like, it's like, you know, the idea is like early in history, like uh, this is like a, a Fukuyama, I think a book is called The Origins of Political Order. It's like first, like you just have nepotism. You just have government where like you give all the jobs to your son and your brother and your cousins. Um, and then, so like, that's a code, right? And like, nobody expects like the code to be anything else other than family loyalty. Right. Uh And then at some point in history, you have like neutral, like bureaucratic institutions and like, you need some process where you go from like the nepotism thing, uh, towards the more neutral, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, governing form of government governance. Um, and like, it's like, if you have one code, like, and if you bring like a people who are like from the old world, like who have the, uh, you know, who have like the, still have a tribal code and you put them in like a society with like, uh, uh, that it's like very modern, like often they'll bring, you know, their old code with them. Right. And then the government, you know, will function in a completely different way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. this happens with like, people talk about this happening with like immigration or like, you could look at the American wars, uh, in like, you know, where they try to like build Western institutions on like these non-Western societies and then they don't, you know, function very well. 
Uh, so I guess I guess that's what that's what happened. So I, so Chuck sees this. I mean, Chuck is you know far sighted enough to see that Jimmy is something different from Kim. I, I don't think they ever get a hint that there's. This is why Kim. I think she's you know good at deceiving people or good at self deception because they they just trust. They all trust her so much, right? Every one of yeah. them. I mean, Chuck Howard, even like Howard is like going to her like season after season. And being like, you know, Jimmy is bad. Like, like she doesn't know who Jimmy is, right? Like up until right, like right. just the whole time. And like Maine, this Cliff Maine guy, this you know, just just strikes me as an idiot. Um, you know, and he's dealing with her. Um, you know, this is a you know, this is a she's a good actor, but it's a it's a woman thing. I, you think if you think don't you think this is like this is just about being an attractive young woman, and it's much easier to have people think you know that you're innocent than if you were like if he was like an ugly older man. You know, I don't know. Maybe that plays some role, but but I think that most of it is just that you know, Kim Kim's lawyer side behaves like, like the perfect lawyer. I I think I think you're right to call it self deception because I think she kind of maintains these two systems: the perfect lawyer and the and now the growing sleazy lawyer, and she doesn't really question she doesn't really question the difference between these things. Uh, so, so yeah. I think that Kim kind of has managed to deceive herself, uh, and she's only starting. She's only starting now to 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 think. Hmm, maybe what I'm doing is, uh-huh. is not what a woman so, is doing. So, yeah, in, in those moments where where she catches herself as she's manipulating her friends. Yeah. Oh, and you know, so the one a good scene from the last episode where she invites that you know that Asian woman who I guess who was the um, who was like paralegal or secretary or something. Um, and she's trying to get information out of her, right? And then, uh, and she, um, uh, and the woman, um, like she's trying to get information out of her, who the judge is, right? And then, or the or the administrative uh, judge or whatever. Um, and yeah. then, like, she, and, the, and the and the lady's like, "Oh my god, you inspire me!" And she gets emotional, and like you see the guilt, right? You see like the self awareness that like she feels bad about what yeah. she's doing. In the moment. And that's why I think, right. like, if she'd never met Jimmy, like, it is Jimmy is corrupting her in a way. She ends up liking it and she ends up being very compatible with him, right? Um, but if she never meets him, she's just, she's just a great, you know, nice lawyer who everyone likes for the rest of her life, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a good chance she would have just gone on being per- the perfect lawyer. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think so, Kim's, fall, Kim's fall is really the greater tragedy in the story than, than Jimmy's fall. Because, you know, the story purports to be about Jimmy becoming Saul. But I think one of the things it's telling us is that Chuck was right. Jimmy probably was always going to become Saul. Jimmy just, it had it, he had the the bad stuff in him and it was always going to come out. But Kim could have gone the other way if circumstances had been different. Yeah, um... Uh, you know, so I was thinking about, yeah, uh, uh, so we're seeing, like, I think at this point, Jimmy is, like, actually Saul, right? He's, uh, I think the transformation is complete at this point. I mean, we're seeing the Breaking Bad character. Um, I don't think there's more, is there, is there more, do you, do you see the transition as sort of finished, or do you see it as, as well, still Well, you know, it, it, it's always a spectrum. I, I, I think he is Saul by now, but he's not quite the Saul that we see in Breaking Bad. Because, you know, the Saul we see in Breaking Bad, one of the first things he does is say, like, hey, guys, why don't you just kill Badger? And I, I don't but you brought that, that, you brought that up. That stage. Yeah, you brought that up, that kill Badger thing before. But I think he, was his, he thought he, they were going to kill him at that moment, right? Yeah. Okay, so sure. I don't know. He's pretty close. He's pretty close to what? He's, he's pretty close to being Breaking Bad Saul by now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one thing is that's different is Jimmy becomes corrupted by money. Like early, he doesn't care about, like we talked about, like he, he's a scammer. Like he's in it for the love of the game. Like he loves like screwing, like uh, having these elaborate plots, like, you know, the, uh, scamming people to make like 300 bucks. And, and then he, and he always like picks his marks. Like he wants to get like the, the most, like the biggest prick in the bar. Right. Uh, he always mm-hmm. wants to like take from somebody who deserves it. Um, and he's not motivated by money, like primarily, he's just trying to get enough beer money and like, you know, hang out with his fat friend, Marco. Um, but he, and, and, but uh, like when I, when it gets to Saul, 
he's corrupted. He's like, he's, he, you know, he says something at this point, like, oh, it's all about volume. It's all about in and out, right? He starts to become an efficient bu- businessman um, because he, he's lost, like he was always a criminal. So like he, that stayed consistent that he was always a criminal, but he went from like a criminal who did it for like the love of the crime to like a criminal who does it for money. You see what's, go- you see what's going on? Oh yeah, he's becoming a more professional criminal. Yeah, and he, and he's and he's he's changed. He's been he's uh, the money was just something that didn't interest him, but now it seems to a lot. That seems to be, be, be I guess because he has nothing, right? He has nothing else, right? He's like lost. He's lost his family, right? He lost yeah. Chuck was the last person he has. Um, you know, he has Kim, but she's like you know who, who, we don't know yet. We don't know yet who Kim is like where where she is. Uh, uh, in the when it comes to Better Call Saul, uh, so do you? So, like, do you have a prediction? What do you think they're going to do? With, what do you think they're going to do with Kim? Do they have the? Because in the, in, I, I think um, actually, tell me what you think, and then I'll tell you what I think. Well, okay, yeah. So this is you know probably the biggest mystery of the show. What happens yeah, to Kim? Easily, yeah. And I don't really know. Uh, I, the, the first question is like, is she alive during Breaking Bad or not? And yeah, because she's never we, mentioned, and, which would be which would be odd, right? And is she together with Jimmy and uh, with Saul? And I think we do get some evidence in Breaking Bad that J- that Kim is not with Saul anymore, because because he does things like he, he talks about hooking up with Francesca, his, his secretary. Oh, he uh, some of the fat chick Francesca. <laughs> he does. That's funny. He, he, he at least he at least talks about it. So well, he did cheat. Nothing. He did. Che- well, he did cheat on Kim early in the. So when he went back to Marco, who you don't remember, I can't believe you don't remember him. But the, the fat guy he was friends with, they do like he's he's started his relationship with Kim. They're not married yet, so maybe it's different. But um, he does like they do sleep with some women. Uh, so you know who? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, finish so, the thought. Look, uh, he becomes he becomes a a bit more jaded uh, about relationships. I mean. You know, I, I just have no reason to believe that he's still with Kim during Breaking Bad. And I, I kind of wonder, so I was telling you earlier about my theory that we're starting to see the, the drug world intersect with the legal games world, with, with Howard's P.I. tailing Jimmy and Mike's people tailing him at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of wondering if maybe, maybe Kim is the one that is going to ultimately pay the price for these worlds colliding. Yes. Uh, she's in the game now. That, that's what Mike said. She's in the game now. Uh, and, and so I think that maybe they're explicitly setting up that theme, and maybe Kim is the one who's going to pay the biggest price for being uh, in the game. This would be so dark. I, you know, it's a, Breaking Bad didn't really end in a dark way. It was a happy ending for Walt. And then uh, Jesse, Jesse goes through it a lot, but then he's, he ends up, you know, okay in the end. Hank, you know, ends up, you know, dead. Uh, that's a trap, but this would be, this would be dark. This would be a dark, this would be the darkest thing in the series. Yeah. And, the, and the darkest, probably the darkest possible ending, but I, I think there's a decent chance of it. Yeah. I, being in the game. Yeah. And this would imagine like for story, like you're saying he's not Saul yet. Like imagine that as the final thing that transforms him. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's the way, I mean, you yeah. know, uh, to me, that's got like the plurality of my confidence, not the majority. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think it's a pretty plausible. Yeah. Well, what other what other options? So she could leave. She could leave him, right? She could. They could break up. Um, yeah. She, they, she could just stay with him and go with him on the run to Cinnabon. Um, <laughs> Maybe, and we just never see her in any of. Yeah, she. Would be funny. She's like. Yeah, she's like a house. What if she's like a housewife and he's working at Cinnabon and like she's like they've got kids? That would be you know that could be something funny. Uh, yeah. I, I, I doubt, I doubt that one. But, I, I don't think that's the way it's going down. Yeah. They, she's got a real, like, they're just a traditional family in Nebraska. No. <laughs> did, yeah. Did you see the, uh, did you see, did you notice the first episode, um, the intro to the first episode of the season when like she, the, the acorn thing, whatever she took from that, uh, Schweiker, whatever that firm was, it was called the Schweiker firm. Schweiker, uh, yeah. yeah. Where she took that acorn and like the acorn falls off the truck. Did you see that? Oh yeah, so the when they're cleaning out uh, Saul's house, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that that was the one she took. Uh, that was something she took from Schweigert's office. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, when you watch the show, 
like if you say like previously on like they, they'll do this thing where they'll show you i think they do like previously on better call Saul, and then they show i think they show her taking it um yeah and so if you skip over that part so sometimes it's you know I, sometimes i skip over that stuff sometimes i watch it I'll, I, I might might have gone back and watched it because i saw that i'm like oh wait is that the acorn i'm like they probably mentioned they would have mentioned that and so i think i i, I try not to watch that stuff uh but then i maybe i'll go back to like you know if i need to confirm something uh so yeah she could leave him she could um be with him um you know he's uh i guess the yeah you know, what other what other options are there she could cooperate with the government against him uh that's uh, that sounds unlikely uh she could run off with lalo it's possible i guess <laughs> she could become a car she could become part of the cartel <laughs> well, yeah, she, she, uh, she does like that cartel. yeah <laughs> she could do that yeah it's uh so yeah but saul i think would be the kind of guy who would never you know he's a character at that point so i think he would like who knows if he when he says i'm hooking up with francesca he's like a character he's like become a complete performance artist right so like nothing you nothing he says can make sense he could like he could be nothing he says can be taken like at face value and he could be like he could have a wife at home that he never uh that he never talks about now if kim is alive i wonder what she's doing if she's still doing the uh she's still doing the public defender stuff it doesn't seem like that's going to hold her attention though that would be able to hold her attention for long um so yeah, yeah you know, kim I, I feel like if kim were still in the picture if she were still together with saul and alive in breaking bad i feel like she would have had some influence on events uh well maybe i mean so so he's um so Jimmy, how big? Like I, you know, it's so long since I watched Breaking Bad. I had I went back and rewatched Saul, and so uh, most of Saul. So I, you know, I didn't have time to do Breaking Bad too. How big of a character is he? He's big, but he's not like you would know everything about his life, right? Yeah, yeah. So look, they could they could get away with saying that Kim was just there the whole time in mm-hmm. the background. I don't think that would be particularly interesting. I, I don't feel like they're going to go in that direction. Like, oh, yes, Kim was just there doing her own completely separate thing the whole time during Breaking Bad. Mm, I, it could be. I mean, I think if she's a she's a housewife or a Cinnabon uh, a manager, is she even a manager or a Cinnabon employee? And, like, that's she's how her manager. story ends. Because you know what? She comes from – doesn't she come from Nebraska? Uh, she comes from there, right? Uh, I, yeah, that sounds about right. I think. Yeah, I think at one point she was asked by the, uh, the Mesa Verde guy, and she says, I, she says, a small place on the Nebraska-Kansas border or something like that, I think. Um, and so, yeah, why is, why is Jimmy in – he's in Omaha, right? He's in, why is he in Nebraska? Maybe that's, maybe that's a clue. Wait, where, he's in – oh, he is in Nebraska. Oh, that's – I think so. Is he in Nebraska? I, I, why did I – yeah, 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 because the Omaha police. I think he ran into the Omaha. I think it, he's in uh, – the Cinnabon is in Nebraska, Omaha. Yeah. Well, if anything, you know, that's some evidence against Kim being there with him because they wouldn't relocate Kim incognito back to, you know, the small small area she grew up in. They okay, wouldn't so, relocate her anywhere near there. So how – how far from Omaha is um, the place where Kim grew up? Uh, that's because yeah, maybe it's it's familiar enough. It's like uh, familiar enough. Like she's familiar with that part of the country. Uh, so yeah, it's not the Nebraska Kansas border. It's a little bit further away. So maybe I don't know. Maybe she's uh, you know she's going home, but it's not exactly home. Um, and so it's like close yeah, enough. It's all possible. I, I just don't think it's likely. Yeah, but the Nebraska thing—that's a pretty big coincidence, right? It's uh, it's uh, that's where he settles out of all places. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, you want to open it up to questions, or is there anything else you want to say? Oh um, no, we can we can take questions. Okay. Does anyone uh, does anyone have a question, or you want to correct something we said, or elaborate on something we said? Please, uh, please feel free. It's a small room, so we may not get anybody. Although I see some of my, I see some of my friends off of Twitter. Okay, I do not see anyone come uh, volunteering. If you uh, sometimes people they have trouble. Like if, if I don't see you, like you can post something in the chat. If you're nervous, if you're stage, if you're uh, if you have stage fright, you could put you could just put a message in the uh, chat, and I'll uh, 
you know, we can we can go off of that. Okay. Um, let's like let me just ask you then one more question. And if nobody asks anything by the time uh, uh, we're done, uh, we'll 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 close out. Um, so the um, uh, so Mike, you know, we know Mike. Um, this might be a, this might be a too long of a this might be too long of a conversation. Uh, let's let me ask something trivial then. That's probably fast. Well, how did the vet guy? How did the vet become like the center of crime in uh, Albuquerque? Do you have any theories on that? <laughs> the vet. Well, I want the vet to have, have a spinoff. <laughs> even criminals have pets. Yeah, uh, I don't really know. Maybe, maybe it's not a story. Maybe his story is not of how a vet becomes a criminal, but of how a criminal decides that a vet is the perfect cover. Fascinating. That's a pretty. That's a yeah. So, what, what this guy is he is? Do you think he's doing crimes himself, or is he just like a networker? Well, I mean, his networking is a crime. Yeah, so it he's is. involved it is. in conspiracies right and left. Yeah, right. And, and do you think the the, uh, the the sort of the transaction fee he gets for this stuff is enough to to make it worth being a vet criminal? You know, he, he probably gets a pretty good cut. Uh, you know, and being a vet, I guess, is good cover because it gives people all kinds of excuses to go in to see him. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's right. It's a good cover and nobody suspects of that. It's like, uh, it's like, you know, you think people who care for animals are like just good people. And he does, he does care. I mean, he does care about the animals, which is also like, he has a code too. Do you see when there's one, there's one, there was one funny scene where, uh, he's with, um, where he meets Mike and then like Mike, I don't know, they transact some business and and then Mike, and then he's like, he's like, Hey, how's the dog? And then Mike is uh, then Mike is like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and he's just like, "You know, she's fine." And I thought that was really funny. Like he's right, uh, wait. does Mike have an actual dog? Does Kaylee have a dog? He takes the girl. Doesn't he take the? Uh, he takes the granddaughter's dog, doesn't he? Okay. Yeah, I, I just didn't remember that she actually. Or he had gets a dog. the or, or he gets the dog first. No, he brings it over. He gets the dog first and then takes it to her. I think. Um, you know, we there's a scene. There is a scene where. Uh, uh, there is a scene where, um, uh, yeah, he gives them the dog, and I don't know if the do- I don't know if the point of the dog he wanted to get her a dog, or the point of the dog was to see the vet. I don't know how he found out about the vet in the first place. I I, I don't know if we saw that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how he got into that, but the vet is. Yeah, interesting. I, I think the, the crime business is very word of mouth. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right, and yeah, he's a connected man. So we have um, we have one comment from. Barney, who is uh, one of my followers on Twitter, Kim's or a mutual, I follow him too. Uh, Kim's definitely going to end up dead by the end of BCS, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's like the um, that's I think is a is a um, pretty reasonable view. I just my you know I'd be I'd be heartbroken, and we don't know whether Jimmy's going to be um, Jimmy could end up. We don't know what's going to end up to happen to him right after all this is done. Right? He gave us a happy ending, huh? You mean in Gene's timeline? We don't know how it's going to go, like into the future after Breaking Bad. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy. Well, that's going to be part of Breaking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty interested to see all that. Uh, what what what's going to happen to, to I, Jimmy as Gene? I think that uh, Jesse got too happy of an ending in uh, the movie. Did you watch the movie? It was called yeah. El Camino. Yeah. He got yeah. too happy of an ending. I think. I think the universe is going to have some balance here. Um, and I, you know, whether it's, you know, everyone also, the, uh, so like either, uh, what if Kim, I mean, Kim, Kim could end up fine and, and, uh, uh, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy going, Jimmy worse than dying, go to jail, go to jail for life. That would be, uh, that would be more tragic. Imagine how depressing that would be. Kim goes to jail too for 30 years. That would be. Sad. I mean, what what has Kim done to get to go to jail? Oh, today? I'm sure there's Greco conspiracy. I mean, you know, this stuff is very broad. You know, there's something here at some point. She probably helps him escape. If anything, if he's, she's still around at the end of Breaking Bad, she's helping him like get away, right? Could be. Could be. Yeah, at the very. I mean, at the very least. I, I mean, the the, the uh, you know the Howard stuff. I mean, if that ever comes out, uh, like she does, she could always do more stuff for the cartel. I mean, there's you know potentially conspiracy. You know how conspiracy and Rico, how that stuff can all build on itself. Um, yeah, easily. I, I don't think like the prosecutors are going to have a hard time putting her away from jail for a while if they have the evidence, and that's what uh, you know that's what the end of the show uh, calls for. 
Uh, okay, so this is yeah, so this is this is cool. All right, so I think we got so um, it was fun talking to you, Chris. If anyone else has any, uh, if no one else has any questions, any comments, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. If not, um, until until next time, we'll do the same time next week, right, Chris? Wait, wait. I got I got one more question for you about, about Canva. Okay. So, so what we have like right now with Kim is like an ongoing story where. She knows that Lalo's still alive, but Jimmy doesn't know yet. He thinks Lalo's dead. Uh, and we see Kim deciding not to tell him that Lalo is still alive. Do you uh, think that's going to be kind of an important uh, tragic element that, 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 makes, that makes the tragic events happen? You know, miscommunication, lack of communication? Um, well, that, well, the lack of communication. Uh, do that in. I... Don't know. So it's like um, you're. So you could imagine something happens to Kim. She takes a secret with her to the, her death. Uh, Jimmy uh, is uh, in the post Breaking Bad universe. He uh, the you know whatever timeline, and he's like not looking out for Lalo, but he's looking out for the cops. And maybe he should be looking out for Lalo, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, or, um, she come, you know, the, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you, um, you know, I, I just put a couple pieces together. Okay. Uh, right, right now, right now, Jimmy believes that Lalo's dead. Uh, uh-huh. and by the time we're introduced to Saul and Breaking Bad, he seems to believe that Lalo's still alive. Like one of the first things he said, did Lalo send Oh wait! Oh oh oh! Wait, wait. This is this is oh! This is when the um they they took him away, uh the uh, uh oh where they were going to kill him or uh, Walt and yeah, in the desert. So so <sighs> at that time, Jimmy Saul seems to believe that Lalo's alive, most likely. Now right now he believes Lalo is is dead. So at some point he's going to change his mind and think that Lalo's alive. So Lalo, okay. So this 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 puts this is a lot because Lalo, we know now Lalo, he knows Lalo's alive. Lalo is still looking for is still looking for him in the show. Um, that's not inconsistent with you know something happens to Kim tells him something bad happens to Kim. Uh, okay, so I think we do have clarity. I, I yeah, that's why you go back and watch everything. See, everything is like they maintained this. They they had this all planned out from the beginning, didn't they? Uh, well, or, you know, uh, I think there was one comment on the last uh, episode where a, a guy pointed out, it's just that it's more like these, these guys are really good at improvising, improvising uh, to create consistency between widely different parts of the shows. Yeah. So you think at one point um, they said Lalo and they said, you know, I said, oh, did Lalo, that, that was just like something that they made up at the time. And then they went back and they made this character based on that. You don't think they were thinking of a, uh, maybe this has an answer. Maybe maybe Vince Gilligan has talked about it somewhere. I don't know. Uh, I, I think Vince Gilligan is a master of retconning, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, that's possible. I'll do I'll do more research. I like the Vince Gilligan interview. Maybe we should talk about that next uh, next time. That could be part of our uh, uh, conversation because he, I think he answered sort of answered some things we. Uh, we we talked about in our previous conversation. Uh, oh yeah, there was one detail actually that I wanted to point out uh, from the last episode. Uh, when when Saul is talking to Francesca, trying to convince her to be his secretary, uh-huh. he says, and explaining why he switched from elder law to uh, defending criminals, he said it was about inclusivity. I wanted to be more inclusive, uh, have a broader clientele. And okay. That's consistent with what we were talking about the last time, saying the only times in this show where it delves into that ideology, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, the only times it talks about that explicitly are when Saul is kind of making a mockery of it and abusing it. Yeah, I didn't, hmm, I didn't, I, I remember that, I, I thought that was sort of funny. I did. I do remember that line. I didn't see it as mocking um did he say diverse and inclusive? Did he? Which word did he use exactly? He, he explicitly used the word inclusive, uh, and to me that was a bit anachronistic because I don't uh, think people would abandon that concept around back in the early two thousands. Like, oh yes, I was trying to be more inclusive. Yeah, well, diverse would have worked better because it would have worked better for the time. It would have been, it would have worked better for the moment, and then also it would have been more explicitly what you're saying. It is right. 
um, more diverse, which was funny because it's like, yeah, it's like diverse. <laughs> it's like race, obviously. Uh, this is inclusive, so it's the same thing. And it's a little bit, maybe it's better for that to be subtle. Yeah, did people say inclusive? This is what, what year is uh, this? So this is like 2010 or something? Uh, I think the show, uh, the moment Jimmy says that, I think it's the early 2000s, maybe like 2004. No, I don't think it's that because it's it's right. We're on the verge of Breaking Bad, right? When does Breaking Bad? Oh, baby, Breaking Bad starts around when? Uh, Breaking Bad. So the show itself didn't that start sometime around two thousand eight? I think. Uh, uh, so it's, we're not. Four, I don't think we're four years away from the start of Breaking. I think we're a little closer to the to the. Uh, yeah, and that. so in the in, you know, it's in like I don't know two thousand five, two thousand six, yeah. maybe something like yeah. that. Yeah, inclusive. You're you're right. You could have said diverse, and it would have made sense at the time. Uh, inclusivity. Did people say inclusivity for this like woke stuff? I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. But that's that. Uh, is- I did not notice the word pop- inclusive popping up in everyday conversation until much more recently, you know, yeah. the last few years. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm buying your interpretation of what I was doing. What I was doing there because it was. Um, uh, it the, it doesn't make sense on its face, except as like a mocking political thing. Because like you don't say you know you have a more diverse broader clientele you don't say i'm more inclusive right that, that's like a weird thing to say unless you're like you know uh you're just like trying to you know you're you're mocking you're talking in pc language or you're mocking you know pc language in this in this case uh yeah we should yeah we could we could do that we could um we could talk we could talk more about uh uh that stuff we could talk more about vid skill again we, we could do a little more research i thought the i thought the interview uh what was it in vulture of uh what's that magazine yeah. called vulture uh um, yeah uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting, and it touched on a lot of things that yeah we talked about. Um, but yeah, we'll save it till uh, next time. All right, see you same time next week, then, Chris. Yep, sounds good. All right, man. Bye. Till next time.